0: morning. The title of this morning's message is Arise, My Love. I want to begin this morning by reading the words to the song that you just heard, because those who listen to the message online or on CD will not have heard that lovely song, (laughs) but it is the essence of the message that you are going to hear. This is usually a song you hear around Easter time, because it's about the resurrection, but what catches my heart in this song is when the Father says to His Son, Arise, my love. Arise, my love. You see, he didn't just say it to Jesus, he says it to us. Arise, my love. I'm going to read it dramatically. Not a word was heard at the tomb that day, just the shuffling of soldiers' feet as they guarded the grave. One day, two days, three days had passed could it be that jesus breathed his last could it be that his father had forsaken him turned his back on his son despising our sin all hell seemed to whisper just forget it he's dead then the father looked down to his son and said Arise, my love, arise, my love, the grave no longer has a hold on you. No more death's sting, no more suffering. Arise, arise, my love. The earth trembled and the tomb began to shake. And like lightning from heaven, the stone was rolled away. And as dead men, the guards all stood there in fright, as the power of love displayed its might. Then suddenly a melody filled the air, riding wings of wind. It was everywhere, the words all creation had been longing to hear. The sweet sound of victory, so loud and clear. Arise, my love, arise, my love. The grave no longer has a hold on you. No more death sting, no more suffering. Arise, arise sin where are your shackles death where is your sting the grave no longer has a hold on you the grave could not hold the king arise my love arise my love hell hath been defeated no more death's sting no more suffering arise Arise! Arise! Arise, my love! Arise! It is an amazing song. I remember when it first came out. It came out in the 80s. And I remember thinking, shouldn't it be, Arise, my son? Wouldn't that have been more correct, more theological? My left brain here working. (laughs) But the writer is not trying to be literal. That's the beautiful thing about various art forms. Art and music speak beyond words. The writer of this song was trying to paint a picture for us. A picture of something we can't physically see. A picture of our Father's love. His love for Jesus, His love for us, and His love for all humanity. The Lord put this song on my heart recently. Sometimes the Lord will highlight a word or a concept over and over again where He's leading me regarding the message that He wants me to minister. And the word He's been highlighting for several weeks has been the word arise. And along with that concept, He's been also saying, I love you. I love you because I love you. Oh, He just can't get off the fact that He loves me. <laughs> So he put these two concepts together in this song, Arise My Love. So this morning I want to talk to you about how important it is that we understand God's love for us personally. And how understanding our Father's love for us individually causes us and our faith to arise. When we and our faith arise, the invisible becomes visible. The unattainable becomes attainable. And the absolutely impossible becomes probable. (laughs) All because faith works or is effective through love. Our faith becomes effectual through love. Not our love, but by His love. His love to us and His love through us. By trying to convey the reality of the love of God towards us, when he told me he wanted me to do this, I thought, you know, this feels like you've given me a blank canvas and said, paint a picture. But you don't get any paintbrushes or paint. You just get words. And I was like, that sounds hard. How does one paint what cannot be seen with physical eyes? It is impossible for me in the weakness of my flesh to adequately reveal our Father's love for us but it is something that God himself can do in us and through us and for us. So this is my prayer this morning. Father, I ask you to paint the picture of your love for me on our hearts. And I ask, love, that you help each one of us to see it, that, Father, me, show me your love. Put your love on my heart. Father, I ask you to reveal the reality of your love to our hearts and to our minds, and I ask that you would help us to arise and walk in a fuller revelation of your love for us. I ask that you would open our eyes to continuously glimpse how deep and wide and long and high is the love of God for us through Jesus Christ. And Father, I ask it in the name of your precious Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. In this song, when the Father says to the Son, Arise, my love, one of the first pictures I see is the Father's love specifically for Jesus. You see, Jesus holds his Father's heart. The Father loves the Son supremely. Jesus is the epitome of the Father's love. And then the second thing I see in this song is that Jesus is the Father's love for us, perfectly demonstrated. Jesus came to show us who our Father really is, and how completely He loves us. As I meditated on the pictures that this song created for me, I began to also see Jesus' love for the Father, and Jesus' love for me, specifically. But how do we see love? You can't see an emotion, you can't see a commitment. Love is only recognized as love when it's demonstrated. And Jesus, in fact, demonstrated his love for his Father, and he demonstrated the Father's love to us, and he also demonstrated his own love for us as well, all through the finished work of the cross. We are greatly loved. The Father himself loves us. Jesus himself loves us. And our inside God person, the Holy Spirit, he loves us. Are we loved? We are greatly loved. And the great love of God is demonstrated greatly. The cross is without a doubt the greatest demonstration of love ever accomplished. And part of what makes this demonstration so great is the great desire of both God the Father and Jesus the Son to come and rescue us. They wanted us. They both wanted us to become one with them. They wanted or greatly desired for the cross to happen. I think in my mind, he was willing, but he really didn't want to. That's not his heart. That's not his heart. Jesus didn't enjoy the suffering and pain that came with the cross, but for the joy set before him. That joy was so great, and that joy was us. That joy overshadowed all of the pain. Jesus going to the cross is very much like a woman giving birth to a child. No woman wants the pain of childbirth, especially if she's like in her early stages. When I was first pregnant, I was like, I'm not looking forward to labor, but you get to be nine, nine and a half months pregnant, (laughs) please Jesus, bring on the baby. (laughs) You can't wait. You can't wait for the pain to begin. That was Jesus. There came a point where he so knew, he was so ready, he so wanted what was on the other side. He so wanted to be one with you. He so wanted you to be well. He so wanted you to be blessed. He so wanted you to be loved. That he said, I I want it to become, I want to go through, I want to accomplish this. It is the great desire of my heart because I so love you. So, when a woman begins to have labor, there's actually a joy and an excitement that comes into her heart. When the process of labor begins, she's actually happy. She's actually happy because she knows it's not about the pain, it's about the treasure. It's not about how much it costs, it's about what I get at the end of this. A mother knows that within a very short period of time, she will hold her very own child in her arms. The pain, the discomfort, and the waiting will be over, and joy will flood her soul. A mother-to-be doesn't enter labor reluctantly. She enters it with great joy. Even though she knows there's going to be great pain, she greatly desires to go through the labor to get to the treasure of her very own dearly loved child. That is the heart of our Father. That is the heart of our Jesus. He says, I want to go through. I want to get this done. I know it's going to hurt, but the treasure is so great. My very own children, my very own children that look like me and walk like me and talk like me, my very own children. Both Jesus and the Father greatly desired to have us as their very own If we understood just how much they loved us and wanted us, we would never doubt their goodness towards us or on our behalf. We have the ability to activate our faith easily when we understand just how loved and wanted we are. Faith is not for stuff. Faith is for grace. We don't aim our faith at stuff we place our faith in those who love us we place our faith in jesus christ and his finished work we place our faith in our father and his loving kindness towards us and when we do we can receive easily what we need because faith is energized or made effective through love faith actually comes alive because of love if there is no love there will be no true faith Why doesn't tithing under the law work? Do you know how many Christians have told me that tithing stuff does not work? And I was like, works just fine for me. I don't know what your problem is. (laughs) You see, but I wasn't doing it because it was a law. It was because my father said, I love you, sweetheart. I love you if you will trust me. If you trust how much I love you, if you will give because I love you and you trust me in that love. Ta-da! God works. The faith apprehends what the Father has already provided. Faith is for grace, not for stuff. Now, when I say faith springs from love, it's not from our love. Uh, you hear that a lot these days. You know, watch your love walk. Get that finger moving. You watch your love walk now. You don't, you expect God to bless you if you've not been kind. Mm, the finger just goes and goes and goes. And what that finger always ends up doing is pointing at you, going, I'm bad. I'm bad. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm good enough. You know what? You'll never be good enough in your flesh. You're never going to be good enough, give enough, try hard enough to be blessed because of that. We're blessed because of Christ. We're blessed because of the cross, not because of us. But when it comes to love, we can't get out our measuring stick and say, oh yes, you've loved enough to be blessed. No, our faith comes because of his love for us. Because he says, you are so worth the cross. You are so worth my death. You are so worth it. Believe how much I love you and you'll have the kingdom at hand. We don't believe he loves us that much that he would g- actually give us what we ask for. But he says, if you ask in my name, I will give it. No ifs, no ands, no buts, no, no lists, no check marks, no attendance chart. Now then. If you believe how much I love you, the kingdom becomes yours. Our faith arises from the love we receive from God. God is our Father, and God is Jesus, our husband. This past week, on October 17th, my husband and I celebrated the 17th anniversary of our engagement. Now, the way that my husband proposed to me was absolutely perfect for me. He couldn't have made it any more special or precious. And it may not sound spectacular to others, but to me, it is precious and it is priceless. It was a Monday night, and we met at church. We would go off on Monday nights to pray together. We weren't dating. We were prayer buddies. It gets very dangerous. and we would go to church Monday nights and pray. He was very evangelistic and we would pray for the city and we would pray for people to get saved and we, we would storm heaven. But on that particular Monday night, he had asked if I would come early and give him a haircut. So I did, we went to the basement and I cut his hair for him because he was poe. <laughs> and as I was finishing up in the basement, he went upstairs when I got upstairs, he had had put music on. Now, that was not unusual. We we often prayed to music. But then he did something very unusual. He asked me to dance a slow dance. (laughs) And then after the song ended, he got down on one knee and he said, here in the sight of God, our father, and in the name of his son, Jesus. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, I ask you to be my wife. After which there was lots of crying. (laughs) As I was crying, I mean, I cried like for 15 or 20 minutes. I think I nodded, but I don't think I actually said yes. (laughs) I just cried a lot. (laughs) The words that kept going through my mind were these. He actually wants me. I was overwhelmed by the truth that he actually wanted me. He didn't ask me to marry him just because he thought marriage was a good idea. He didn't ask me to marry him because he thought it was the right time in his life to get married, or it's a thing that we ought to do, like say we weren't even dating. He asked me to marry him because he loved me and because he wanted me to be his. He demonstrated his love by offering me the love of a lifetime together. Even so, our Jesus, our Father, they so loved us. They so wanted us to be theirs that together they did what was necessary to be able to offer us the love of a lifetime, an eternal lifetime, an eternal lifetime as the bride of Christ and an eternal lifetime as a son of God. Our father's desire for us is well heard in John 3:16. It's so familiar to us that sometimes we cease to recognize the "oomph" that it contains. <laughs> in John 3:16, it says this: "For God, so Oh Oh. So! How big can you make the so!" so loved, so loved us that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. The so means equal to. If you're going to use a comparison, God so loved, you've got to have something that's equal to the so loved. He so loved that he gave his son. God's love for us is equal to the love of his son, the life of his son. God says, those things are equal to me. I so love you. I'm willing to give you the best that I have. Our father didn't have to rescue us. He didn't have to love us. He had no obligation to us, but he so wanted us, so loved us he so completely gave us his son the father was not alone in his great desire to have us as his very own Jesus' desire for us is also well heard in Luke 22 verse 15 where Jesus says to his disciples and he said unto them with desire I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer like John 3 16 you don't automatically hear the oomph (laughs) But there is a huge oomph in here. You see, when he says, I have desired with desire, that's not the way we hear it. That's not the way we should hear it. It is, I have desired with great desire. I so desire. I so want you. I so love you. I can't contain myself. I am so happy that I get to institute a new covenant. It was that night he put the ring on the bride's finger. It was that night that the covenant was made. It was that night he said, I so love you. Be mine. Be mine. Be mine. The words, I desire with great desire, actually, if you look at the definition, says fierce passion. Fierce passion. He doesn't take you lightly. He doesn't take your prayers lightly. He doesn't take your pain lightly. He has a fierce passion for you. For you to know him and be with him and understand him. That we would have the revelation of his fierce passion and love for us. If we understand that love what would we think he would say no to? That was the night that he instituted the new covenant. With these words, if we listen, we can hear, oh, my beloved is within reach. I will ask her to be mine. I've got the ring. I will ask her to enter into an eternal covenant of marriage. Declaring my darling, I want you to be mine forever. I want us to be one forever. I want you to experience how great is my love for you let me love you become one with me that is what's in that (laughs) that's the heart of that scripture Jesus's great desire and love for us as his bride is heard but it is only second to the love for his father and his father's love for him The oneness and the love that the Father and the Son share with each other is the very same love and oneness they invite us to arise and step into. In John chapter 10, Jesus speaks of his Father's love for him and the oneness that they share. Chapter 10, beginning with verse 14, says this. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, And I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this fold. That's us. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. The Father has always loved Jesus. What I heard in these scriptures is the fact that Jesus didn't have to. Jesus didn't have to. It wasn't a commandment that he was obeying. It was the desire of his own heart to lay down his life. You are the desire of his heart. But when the Jesus says that because I lay down my life, the father loves me, he's not saying the, that somehow he wasn't loved previous to this or that this and somehow made the father love him in a way he didn't before. The father always loved his son. In Matthew 3:17, it says this, a voice was heard from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. On that day on the day that Jesus was baptized Jesus received open praise from his father and his father openly declared his own son's sonship and this was completely awesome because Jesus was and still is a human being before Jesus was born into humanity he was the eternal word the second person of the Godhead in John 1 one, it says this In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is Jesus before his name was Jesus. Jesus didn't become the name Jesus until he entered human flesh. And that's in verse 14 of the same chapter. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It's not until verse 17 that he actually gets around to using Jesus's name. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. And what is grace? The absolutely free loving kindness of God. Jesus is the absolutely free gift of God's love. It was Jesus in his perfect humanity that the Father was saying, I am well pleased. He was always pleased with the eternal word (laughs) how could he not be they are completely one but Jesus did an extraordinary thing he laid aside his abilities as God and became married to humanity the eternal word entered physical flesh forever forever he became one with humanity so that humanity could marry and become one with him every human heart wants their father's love and approval jesus was 100 percent human and jesus in his humanity received his father's open love and approval the day he was baptized it wasn't just about who he is as the son but the, who he is in his humanity so in john 10 when jesus says my father loves me because i lay down my life he's not saying that the father didn't love him before but that the father loves that jesus in his humanity, so loves the Father and so loves us that he was not only willing to lay down his life, but he wanted to lay down his life. He so wanted to please the Father because he knew exactly what the Father's plan was to get us. Jesus' heart beats in sync, perfect sync with the Father's. They are one, not just in spirit, but in love and in purpose And part of Jesus' purpose was to demonstrate the love of God in such a way that humanity would be able, with the help of the Holy Spirit, to comprehend how wide and long and deep and high is the love of God for us. So the picture I see in the song is that when the Father says to Jesus, Arise, my love, he's saying, You are the perfect representation of what I am, and I am love. You are my love and you are mine. You are the object of my love. You are the recipient of my love and you are the perfect display of my love. How did Jesus display this magnificent love? Romans 5.8 but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God says that the death of Jesus constantly declares and demonstrates the Father's love even though it's a past event it still demonstrates it forever demonstrates the love the father has for humanity why is the death of Jesus while we were still sinners such a demonstration of God's love the greatest part of this demonstration is that he did it while we were completely and utterly unworthy we were completely and utterly lost and without merit If we had anything whereby we could boast, we would not have believed in the greatness of his love. We could not have believed that he really wanted us just for us if we had to do anything good to get it. He loves who we are. Jesus' death, dying while we were still sinners, shows us that salvation is all of grace. It's all about how good he is, not how good we are. Mankind can never be good enough to merit God's love, God's goodness, or God's blessing. You can't buy the blessings. It's all a gift, and it's all of grace. As human beings, though, we have a tendency to believe that we are not completely loved and accepted, and it's because we know just how imperfect we are. A few years ago, my husband and I went to visit a Christian friend whose husband is what I call a cranky Christian. (laughs) he says he's accepted christ but he has very little to no fruit in his life but when you spend time with him you can see the hunger you can see you have the seed of salvation it hasn't grown very much but i can see that it's in there while we were visiting my husband he went off and played some games together and my friend were visiting and and they were he was doing things that her husband liked to do and, and of course Mark always takes this as an opportunity to <laughs> talk about Jesus <laughs> and talk to him about the grace of God and how much God loved him like Mark he's got to hug you <laughs> he's got to pray for you <laughs> and he's got to tell you that he loves you and so after we had left and uh, sometime later I talked to my friend and How was your husband? Did Mark scare him? (laughs) And she said, he had said to her, he always tells me he loves me. And she goes, yeah, he's a Christian. He loves you. And he says, he doesn't know me. He can't love me. Because if he really knew me, there's no way he would love me. There are so many people who think, if somebody saw who I really am, if I was just me, you would not love me. If you saw what I am at home, you might not love me. If you saw how I am at the grocery store, you might not love me. If you saw how I handled this, that, or the other, you might not love me. But Jesus says, I see all of it. And I love you. And I love you. We find it so hard that he can completely know us in our weakness, in our strength, in our failures, in our successes, and he looks at us and says, you're so adorable, I so love you. Like this man that we visited, so many of us as believers, we need to hear the message of God's great love and his great grace again and again. And again, we need to hear our Father say to us, Arise, my love. You are the object of my love. You are the desire of my heart. I so want you. I so love you. Arise, my love. Sin no longer has a hold on you. Hell has been defeated. No more death sting. No more suffering. No more thinking that I've turned away from you. No more believing that I'm not pleased with you. No more. You too have become my beloved son and who I am well pleased. I am well pleased in you. I see my son in you. I love you with an everlasting love. Arise, my love. Arise, my love. The victory is yours, already yours, in hand yours. In Romans 5, 5, it says this, and hope does not put us to shame. Hope is the confident expectation of God's goodness showing up in my life. And when it says it won't put us to shame, it means it won't disappoint us. My hope and God's goodness towards me will not be disappointed because, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. The love we seek and need to experience isn't far away in heaven. It's in the heaven that's on the inside of us. The love that makes us secure, the love that helps us to love ourselves the way he loves us, is found within our own hearts by the Holy Spirit. The love that causes our faith to be energized and effective has already been poured into our own hearts. But we need to take time with our Father, with our Jesus, and see how much he loves us. We need to let the Holy Spirit paint the pictures on the canvas of our heart with his words. In Galatians 5, 6, it says this, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Faith that worketh by his love in us. In the Strong's Concordance, the word which worketh is actually one word, energeo, which means to be active and efficient. Effectual. Be mighty. <laughs> Work effectually. How many of you want your faith to do all of those good things? <laughs> Sometimes we wonder why our faith doesn't seem to be active and efficient. Could it be because we need to see our father's love for us we need to see ourselves as his son sitting at the right hand of the father maybe we need to take time to see ourselves as Jesus beloved on whom he has placed a ring of marriage maybe we need to see ourselves in the beauty of holiness that he has dressed us in maybe we need to see ourselves as completely righteous and in him completely worthy of every blessing Could it be we need to take time to let the Holy Spirit paint pictures on the canvas of our heart, maybe with a song or a scripture or a conversation or a message? Could it be that we could just ask our daddy to show us how much he loves us? In one of my Karis classes that I'm taking, one of the instructors was talking about knowing God loves you. And she, for years, she and God have a little code. (laughs) She'll say, Daddy, do you love me? And he'll say, watch, baby. And she'll see a shooting star. She says she has seen millions of shooting stars because daddy loves his baby girl. Do you see yourself that way? Do you know you can go, daddy, do you love me? Show me, show me that you love me. You know how my daddy did that for me recently? With you guys. Grace-spiration, when y'all get up and you get your fingers and toes all over my message, <laughs> you know what I see, I see daddy peeking out behind for you going, hi baby girl, hi baby girl, see I love you, Stay you're listening just fine, I'm so pleased with you, I love you baby girl, I love you, what would you recognize? as a demonstration of god's love one of my favorite ways that god shows me he loves me is when i hear what he's been saying to me come out of somebody else's mouth you ever play peekaboo with a baby (laughs) peekaboo well jesus doesn't play peekaboo he says i love you i love you where do you see your father where do you see your jesus what is it in this life when you turn around and you go, oh, daddy, you love me. For some people, it's a parking spot and, you know, close to the, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I need a parking spot close. But you know what? As silly as that sounds, it is your father saying, baby girl, I love you. Baby boy, I'm so proud. You make me so happy. He loves to display his love for us. The cross of jesus christ is a continual demonstration of god's love for us god delights in showing himself strong on our behalf so i encourage you i encourage you to ask your father to show you he loves you so you can look for the peekaboos and the i love yous and listen listen for the holy spirit when you find yourself in a place that's dark when you find yourself in a place that hurts, when you find yourself in a place you don't want to be, listen for the Holy Spirit, because I'm sure he'll say to you, Arise, my love. Arise, my love. Sin no longer has a hold on you. Arise, my love. Hell hath been defeated. Arise, my love. Believe in my love. Amen? Father, we thank you for the truth of your passionate love for us, your great desire for us. We thank you that through the blood of the cross you have made us sons and daughters. You have made us the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. You have dressed us in in righteousness and holiness. You have made us to look like you. Thank you, Father God, that you have spoken poured your love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That we don't have to look far and wide to find the love of our Father. It is within us. Father I ask that the Holy Spirit would paint the pictures of your love. That You would remind us of your love. That you would cause us to always rest in the truth of your love. That there is nothing we could do or ever do that would undo what you have accomplished. You know us completely, and you love us completely. We thank you, Jesus, for your love, your passion, your death, and your resurrection. We thank you for the finished work. In Jesus' name, amen.